the eleventh hour of the eleventh day of the eleventh month, one hundred years ago, 1918, the ceasefire for World War I went into effect, thus ending the war. One hundred years ago. And from then on, on November 11th, the eleventh day of the eleventh month, from then on, we as a nation remember. We as a nation honor and celebrate our veterans because we know that they have paid a sacrifice for us. Some have been in active duty. Others have not been in active duty. It, irregardless, you have a, there is a sacrifice that is in effect whenever you are in active duty. You miss family events. You miss birthdays. You miss Christmases. And so today, it is our honor as citizens of these United States to pay tribute to these brave men and women. So if you're here today and you've ever served in any branch of the U.S. military, would you please rise? Thank you men so much, men and women. Appreciate your sacrifice. Thank you for what you've done for us and for this country. So we're in a sermon series called Grateful. And today specifically, I don't know if Lauren knew it or not, the, the young lady who prayed, but we are talking about the fact that we are grateful for freedom. She hit the nail on the head. And there's this saying in America, and I, I think it would be so appropriate to bring it up here. We are the land of the free because we're the what? The home of the brave. Because there are a lot of brave men and women who are willing to stand on the wall, who are willing to sacrifice for the good of our nation. And so we are so grateful uh, for all of those veterans, for all of our active duty, for everyone uh, that has served. Guys, before we jump into the sermon today, I want to do a little bit of housekeeping. I want to talk to you about uh, something exciting. I don't know if you realize this or not, but we are growing and our Bridge Kids ministry is growing. Two weeks ago, we had 27 students in Kids Church alone. That's kindergarten through fifth grade, 27. I believe that that is a record for a non-holiday week. And so we've got a lot of little rugrats back there. And that's good. We're excited by that. But let me tell you what's happening. Every week, a few exceptions here and there, but for the most part, every week, we are seeing more people this year than we had last year at this same time. Thank you, Jesus. Go, God. We're excited about that. That means we got more kids. And, and that's a good problem to have. You understand that there are good problems and bad problems. There are bad problems where nobody's coming, there's not money in the bank. Those are bad problems. We're thankful to God we don't have those problems. But there's some good problems. You run out of parking spaces. What are we going to do with it? And, and this is one of those good problems where we have a lot of kids that God has entrusted in, to us to pour into their lives, to invest into the next generation, to tell them about Jesus and we have that opportunity. And so today, here's what I'm asking you to do. I am asking you to consider volunteering in our kids' ministry. And from what I've uh, heard from our leaders, 
Uh, we are pretty flush with nursery volunteers, but right now we could really use some preschool and some kids' church volunteers. And if we had seven people, guys, that's such an attainable number. If we had seven people sign up to volunteer, our schedule would be completely flush. And so I want to ask you to consider doing that. couple things. Number one, uh, when you sign up today on your Connect card, just write on your Connect card on the back, Bridge Kids. When you do that, that signs you up for a test drive and a test drive only. And that is exactly what it sounds like, just like you would go down to the car dealership and test drive before you bought a car. Uh, that signs you up to come and check it out during a service, and, uh, and then you'll decide if you want to go on the schedule. And the other thing I want to bring up is that if you decide to go on the schedule, it's not every week. You're not going to miss church forever and ever, amen. It's once a month, one service, once a month. And so really want to encourage you uh, to, to sign up. And I know what you're thinking. Guys, can I just get in your head for a minute? The men are thinking, yeah, the women should do that. <laughs> yeah, that sounds like a, a woman thing to do. No, let me tell you, I was the Bridge Kids pastor for five years. There is nothing like having a male influence back there in those kids, especially in kids' church, but even in preschool. Just such a needed thing. And so again, I want to encourage you, write Bridge Kids on the back of your Connect card. I don't see you writing, but I'm going to give you till the end of service, and then we're going to collect the Connect cards as we leave today. Write Bridge Kids on the back of there, and somebody will be in touch with you this week. And uh, Carla, who is our Bridge Kids director, will be in the lobby afterwards. Maybe you've got some questions or maybe whatever. She can help you with any of those things, and so we just wanted to make that available to you. All right, thank you so much for doing that. And again, seven people, and we'll be flush, and so thank you guys. Well, I'm excited to be back. I don't know if y'all missed me or not, but I sure missed you. And uh, last week, our senior pastor was here. It sounds a little feedbacky up here. Do you, are you guys hearing that? Is that just me? Y'all hear that a little bit? So I don't know, sound guys, if you can tweak that or whatever, but I'm hearing myself a lot. And I'm glad to be back, but I don't want to hear me. I want y'all to hear me. So anyway, uh, our senior pastor was here last week, did an incredible job, so uh, I'm, I'm so glad that he's willing to do things like that, go to these other locations. I'll tell you what last weekend does. It is such a powerful reminder that we are a part of something that is so much bigger than what we can see here. That there are other locations meeting in Wayne County right now. There are thousands of people in the surrounding area that call the bridge home. And so last week's just a reminder of that. We're grateful for what God's doing in our midst, and certainly grateful for our senior pastor. And again, I'm grateful to be back. And today, we are talking about freedom. And I don't know if we could have picked a more powerful time to talk about freedom, with tomorrow being Veterans Day, and we certainly know and remember all that uh, those veterans have done to ensure our freedom. But also, this past week, a lot of you guys went somewhere on Tuesday, stood in a line, casted a vote, did one of our democratic duties. We were able to vote. We had midterm elections. That was incredible. And so in light of all of that, we are reminded that we are free and we are thankful 
that we're free. I'm reminded of a story in 2006. There were two American journalists, and they were overseas on assignment from a news station here. Steve Sintani and Olaf Wig, and they were kidnapped in the Gaza Strip by the Holy Jihad Brigade. It was a group of Palestinian mil uh, militants. They were kidnapped. They didn't. Nothing was heard out of them for ten days. That's not a good sign. Normally, if a person's kidnapped, there's a list of demands. Especially a U.S. citizen, there's a list of demands that follows. We want this, we want that, and you can have this person back. To go 10 days and not hear anything from anybody, that's not a good sign. Most oftentimes that means they have captured that person to kill them. 10 days goes by and the Holy Jihad Brigade releases a video with a list of demands. Of course, the family's excited that, oh, our loved ones are still alive. But now they know, oh my goodness, we're going to go for a long time without our loved ones. Three days later, three short days later, another video was re released by those Palestinian militants. And it was these two guys, Olaf and Steve, and they were there in front of the camera. And at gunpoint, they converted to Islam and then they were released. When they got back, they said, no, we didn't really convert to Islam. We just did that because we were at gunpoint. But then Olaf, he said something that I think is so powerful. He says, I feel more alive now than I have my entire life. I feel more alive. Now, think about that. <laughs> this is so simple. You're going to be like, duh. This guy's been alive his entire life. Profound. This is the kind of stuff you're coming for. And yet, in that moment, he said, I feel more alive now than I have my entire life. Because for reasons that I can't fully explain, being freed is more exhilarating than being free. You see what I did there? Being freed is more exhilarating than being free. You guys know what I'm talking about if you've ever swam in a swimming pool. You go under the water and sometimes it's a competition or sometimes you're just trying to get to the other side and it seems like the other side keeps getting further and further away. And you're holding your breath. And what happens when you come up out of that water, that first gasp of oxygen? <gasps> we are so grateful for that breath of fresh air. We're more grateful for that than we've been for air since we can remember. Why? Because we've been breathing the whole time we've been in this worship auditorium. And because we're so used to breathing and we're used to having clean air, we don't even think about it. The reason Olaf was, was so grateful for his freedom back in 2006 is because he faced death head on. He, he knew what it was to lose that freedom. And then all of a sudden to have it back, he was like, I am so grateful guys i gotta tell you for most of us we don't think about the blessings of being free it just doesn't occur to us we've been free our whole life we've always known freedom we don't even know what it is not to have freedom and so it would it seems so strange to think about being grateful for freedom 
Yet that's exactly what I'm calling on us to do today. Not just the freedom we have as citizens of these United States of America, but also the freedom that we have spiritually, the freedom that we have in Christ. God's purpose for my life and for your life has always been and will always be to set us free. Contrast that with the enemy's purpose. Anybody ever felt trapped by sin? You start out and you sin a little bit and it feels good and there's that thrill, there's that exhilarating feeling of sinning and but then you do it a little more and that loses its edge and so now you have to sin more in different ways and and before you know it you're wrapped up in this life of sin before you know it the enemy has put chains on you one chain at a time very slowly but hear me guys The enemy wants you in bondage. The enemy wants you to be slave to sin. What does Scripture tell us though? Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. If you know Jesus Christ as your Savior this morning, you are free. And we are grateful for that freedom and we don't often think about it because God is so good to us and he lets us experience it all the time but we ought to be grateful for that freedom and so as I look in scripture I see the nation of Israel they're on the brink of crossing over into the promised land it's in Deuteronomy chapter 30 they're they're coming up to the Jordan River getting ready to go over into the promised land, this land that God is going to give them. And Moses calls all of them together. And Moses says, hey, listen, 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 listen. This land, there's some stuff you need to know about it. This land is a fertile land. Now, for the past 40 years, these men and women have spent their time in the desert. It's been dry, it's been hot, water's hard to come by. They've heard stories from their parents. Their parents were in Egyptian slavery, and that wasn't, you know, a cakewalk either. And so it, life has just been really hard. And now they're getting ready to go into this fertile land, and they send some spies over, and the spies have come back. And they carry this cluster of grapes on a dowel rod. Think about your closet. You know that dowel rod in your closet? Imagine two grown men coming in with grapes. How excited would you be if the past 40 years you had been in the desert and now all of a sudden we got to carry grapes on dowel rods? Give me some of that, Jesus. I'm excited. This land is fertile. This land has water. There's irrigation. There's water for the flocks. It's a land flowing with milk and honey. This is going to be a prosperous place. This is exciting. And when Moses calls them together, he said, when we cross the bank of this river, we're going over there, and it is a place of blessing, and it is a place of freedom. But guys, lean into this. Freedom is not always a blessing. Freedom can be a blessing, but it can also be a curse. Freedom can be a blessing, but it can also be a curse. 
Two chapters earlier in Deuteronomy chapter 28, I don't have time to read all of that to you, but you should go home this afternoon and read that. Moses lists it out. He says, hey guys, if you obey, God will bless. If you will lean into God's plan for your life, if you will obey Him, there will be blessings. And he says, God will bless this, God will bless that, God will bless this, God will bless that. This and this and this will happen. But you got to obey. And when we go into this new land, the reason why this is so important is because you have the choice to disobey. You have the choice not to listen. You have the choice not to do what it is God would want you to do. And if you disobey, there will be curses. Just like there's all this list of blessings... He goes on and he lists all of the curses. If you obey, blessings. If you disobey, curses. And so in a nutshell, how are you going to use your freedom? Because when we cross this river, we will be free. We're going to have to fight. We're going to have to claim the land. But we'll be free. And how are you going to use your freedom? And so all of that, Deuteronomy chapter 28, Deuteronomy chapter 30, I think it ends up nicely in two verses. I want to show them to you. It's kind of the bottom line, verses 19 and 20. He says, I call heaven and earth to witness against you today. Let me set the scene for you. The nation of Israel has gathered around. Moses is standing up before them, and he is giving them this proclamation Everybody lean in, lean in guys, i got something important to tell you. Moses isn't going to be leading this group much longer. He had sinned, God wasn't going to allow him into the promised land, Joshua's getting ready to take over, and Moses says, the best thing I can do, the most important thing I can do, as kind of the last act of being your leader, is to warn you about the blessings and curses that lie ahead. I call heaven and earth to witness against you today. All of you, you see the crowd here? All of earth sees. Hey God, lend us your attention. Everybody, you are going to be accountable for the information I'm getting ready to share with you. And so don't say five years from now, ten years from now, thirty, forty years from now. I didn't know because all of heaven and earth are witness against you today that I have set before you, what? Life and death. The blessing and the curse. It's all yours. You, you can choose life or death. You can choose blessing or cursing. But it's up to you. So choose life. I want you to read those three words with me on the count of three. One, two, three. So choose life. So choose life. I've set before you today blessing and cursing. Life and death. So choose life. God wants you to choose life. And the reason God wants you to obey is not because He wants to strong arm you or me into doing something. It's because He knows what's best for us. And He wants the best for us. And so Moses says, So choose life in order that you may live, you and your descendants. It's bigger than just us, guys. It's about me, it's about you, but it's about our kids. You see those kids running around the nursery? You see those kids in preschool and kids' church? I want them to know 
30, 40, 50 years from now, that if they choose life, they'll be blessed. If they choose death, they'll be cursed. The deal's not changing. It is a deal that God is making with us, our children, our children's children. From now on, we can lean into that. So choose life. Go to the next slide. Here's how we choose life. By loving the Lord your God, by obeying His voice, and by holding fast to Him. If you have your physical Bible here with you, I hope you'll underline those three things. How do you choose life? By loving the Lord, your God, by obeying His voice, and by holding fast to Him. For this is your life and the length of your days, that you may live in the land which the Lord swore to your fathers, to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, to give to them. All heaven and earth, pay attention, lean in. I've got a deal for you. I want to bless you. But you've got a choice. Because freedom can be a blessing or a curse. And so, in a nutshell, Moses is saying, you are free to choose, but you are not free from the consequences of your choices. You are free to choose. That is the same for you and me here today. We are free to choose, but we are not free from the consequences of our choices. I hope you'll write that down. You know, I, I think about the fact that some of you today, you, you weren't sure if you were coming to church today. You set your alarm clock, but you know you normally hit snooze. And you didn't set those other two or three alarm clocks, and you, you, you just weren't sure. Maybe some of you had other plans. You really aren't even feeling good today. You weren't sure that you would be here. Guys, I feel like I know it is not by coincidence you are here this morning. It is not by accident or happenstance. It's not by chance. I feel like God is calling us together for this Moses moment. Not that I'm Moses. Good heavens. But God is calling us together and He's saying, Hey guys, listen, listen, listen. You live in the land of the free. You have unparalleled freedoms both in this country, spiritually, in virtually every realm of our lives. We have freedom but freedom means choice. And what are we going to do with our freedom? Am I going to choose blessings or cursings? Am I going to choose life or death? And for some of us, we hear that and we think, Pastor Andrew, you don't understand. I've already messed up a lot. Three weeks ago, I preached that we are grateful that we can have a second chance. That when we mess up, when we blow it, that God loves each and every one of us so much that He will give us a second chance, a third chance. And we don't keep on sinning because we know grace is available, but when we need God's grace, it is there for us because that's how much He loves us. Sir, ma'am, we are free we have a choice to make. If you need a second chance, God will give it to you. And as cheesy as this sounds, 
Today is the first day of the rest of your life. Your whole life, the rest of your days are all before you. And I believe in this Moses moment that God would lean into us right now and say, so choose life. Because we are free to choose, but we are not free from the consequences of our choices. I have a pastor buddy of mine, and he and his sister are one year apart in age. She's one year younger. And both of them went to college. Both of them are smart. Both. He went to college to be a pastor. Undergraduate degree, then master's of divinity. She went, the, my pastor buddy's sister went to law school. And they finished about the same time. Both smart, both came from the same family. One decision different. He went for pastoring, she went for law. It has dramatically impacted the lifestyles that they have, the pay that they've received. Listen, we, we know that. We know that pastors and lawyers make different things. Nobody's asking for sympathy. He doesn't want sympathy. He's so thankful that God's led him to where it is he is. And, but it just goes to show that one small difference, one small choice has made such a difference in their life because, again, we are free to choose, but we're not free from the consequences of our choices. So here's what I want to do with the time we have left. I want to just show you how with the freedoms that we have, we can choose the right path, but we also have to be aware of some things as well. And so I thought, what two freedoms are the most universal, are the most you know, commonly understood, that we would all feel these freedoms, that we all walk in these freedoms? And so I want to share with you about the freedom of speech and the freedom of religion. And I'm not going to take long, but let me just give you these two examples. Number one, I am grateful for the freedom of speech. I'm grateful for the freedom of speech. This is one of those just fundamental American freedoms. The Bill of Rights specifically spells this one out. It says that that right the government can infringe upon. You and I have the freedom of speech. And so we use it. Boy, do we use it. Some of us more than others. And we can talk about whomever we would like. We can talk about the government or the president or our neighbor. We can talk about anything we would like. And we have that right. But that is not true for everyone in this world. If you've been keeping up with the news lately, you know that there was recently a journalist uh, by the name of Jamal Khashoggi. You guys remember him? You know what I'm talking about? One month ago, he went to the Saudi embassy to get a marriage license. He was never seen again. Never seen again. He had spoken out against the house of Saud. He had spoken out against the Saudi government. He went to this Saudi embassy. And for a month, there's been a lot of speculation that he was chopped up into little bits and farmed out all over that country. Now, I heard just a couple nights ago on the news, they're thinking that actually what may have happened was that he was dissolved in acid. I don't know if I have a preference. Both are bad. Both, I have a preference that I don't experience either one of those. 
Why did he die? Because he used his freedom to speak, but he was not guaranteed the freedom of speech like you and I are. And we can say whatever we want, but for him it meant he had to die. In Proverbs 18.21, it says, The tongue has the power of life and death, and those who love it will eat its fruit. That last part, that's, that's, that's worded kind of strange. I, I was like, man, let me go and study that a little bit. Here's what it means. Those who love to talk, they are going to have to eat those words. The things you say, the words that we say, they plant seeds. Some of those seeds are good seeds and some of those seeds are not so good. And so we have to eat the fruit of our words, whether that fruit is sweet or whether that fruit is sour. Those who love to talk will have to eat the fruit of their words. And then the first part, the tongue has the power of life and death. That's the exact same language that Moses uses in Deuteronomy 30. He says, I set before you today, remember blessings and curses, life and death. And then here over here in Proverbs, it says that the power of life and death is in the tongue. So, what would God tell us? So choose life. Choose sweet words. How do we do that? Ephesians 4.29 Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. You want to know how to plant seeds that are sweet, use words that build each other up? Follow that Ephesians 4.29 plan. We ought to occasionally take inventory and ask ourselves, Am I using my words wisely? Because I'm free. And I have the freedom of speech. And I can say whatever I want. But am I using my freedom in the best possible way? Am I choosing my words wisely? Number two, I'm grateful for the freedom of religion. I just stuck with the First Amendment language there. Grateful for the freedom of religion. What I'm really talking about is I'm grateful for the freedom to worship. You and I can worship. We live in a community where we play ball and we go to school and we work with people of all sorts of faith. There's a Jehovah's Witness church. There's a Mormon church. There's a Catholic church. There's all these different belief systems within a 10-minute drive of where we are right now. And all of us are granted the freedom to gather together Anytime we choose and worship God, however we choose. Some, I would argue, are right and some are not so right and not based on the right things. But, but we're granted that freedom. We get to worship. But it's not like that everywhere. I read this last week in an article that was written on the, by the Council on Foreign Relations. And it says, I'm just going to read it to you. The Chinese Communist Party is officially atheist. The party prohibits its nearly 90 million party members from holding religious beliefs, and it has demanded the expulsion of party members who belong to religious organizations. Officials have said that party membership and religious beliefs, listen to this, are incompatible. Can you imagine 
If the Republicans or the Democrats or the Libertarians or the Tea Party, if any group came out in America and said, you can't be with us and believe in God, there would be outrage in these streets. There would be outrage in this nation because it is one of our fundamental freedoms. But it's not guaranteed everywhere else in this world. We are free to worship. That word worship, I don't know if you guys know this or not, it's an old English word. It's derived from that, it means it's worthership. And the whole meaning, the whole context is worthship. Is what you're worshiping worthship? Is it worth it? Is it something that is worthy of worship? So when we worship God, we're giving back to Him His worth. We are proclaiming that He is worthy. That's great. That's how we ought to use that freedom. That's how we ought to leverage that freedom. But there's illegitimate ways to do it as well. I think about for a lot of us here in the United States of America, we worship things that make great hobbies but lousy gods. We worship that body that we see in the mirror at the gym. We worship the face on the front of the $100 bill. We worship, and this one's going to sting a little bit, we worship fantasy football. We worship sports. We worship so many things that, again, nothing wrong with them. But it makes a terrible God. There is one thing that is worthy of your worship. Worthy of my worship. And that is Jesus Christ. Hebrews 1, 1 through 4. In the past, God spoke to our ancestors through the prophets. At many times and in various ways. But in these last days, He has spoken to us by His Son. No longer do you and I have to have a priest or a prophet to go through. We have direct access with God because of what Jesus did on that cross. I can read God's Word. I can pray to Him. And because, it's all because of what He's done. It's by His Son whom He appointed heir of all things and through whom also He made the universe. The sun is the radiance of God's glory. The sun is worth our worship. He is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of His being. You want to know what God's heart is? Read the Gospels. Find out what Jesus did while He was here on this earth. After He had provided purification for sins while He was on the cross, He sat down at the right hand of majesty in heaven. So he became as much superior to the angels as the name he has inherited is superior to theirs. Jesus is worthy of our worship. We are free to worship whomever, however we would like. We are free to speak about whomever we would like. We are free to choose because we have amazing freedoms. But at the end of the day, there are right and wrong choices. At the end of the day, the things we do, the way we use our freedoms, they invite blessings or curses into our life. 
We're free to choose, but we're not free from the consequences of our choices. So we're aware of that. So we ought to remind ourselves of that. Yes, to be grateful for the freedom, but also that we are not taking our freedoms to actually hurt us, to hurt our standing with God. And so that's what today is all about. That's what that moment for the Israelites was all about. That Moses moment. You're free. How are you going to use that freedom? Let me pray for us. Heavenly Father, thank you. Thank you so much that we get to live here in the United States of America that there are brave men and women that we bump into at the grocery store, that we know personally, some are in our family, some uh, may even be our spouse, some may be our children. They are the brave men and women who have been or who are in active duty. We thank you for our veterans. We thank you for those who protect us. We thank you, God, for the freedoms that we have. God, we often... Don't even think about it. But we're free each and every day. Lord, I thank you also for the freedom that we have in Christ, where the Spirit of the Lord is. There is freedom. And I believe you are setting hearts free this morning all over this auditorium, loosing chains, binding the enemy. Because the trick He wants to pull on us, Your Word tells us that we have the authority to bind Him in Jesus' name. We don't have to be slave to sin anymore. God, we thank You for that. Thank You for what Jesus did on that cross. I pray that each and every day as we leave from this place, we would be reminded that yes, we are free. That our freedom came at a, cro a cost. And that we would be grateful for that freedom and use that freedom in a way that would bless you and honor you. Because we are your ambassadors here on this earth. We pray all these things in the precious and holy name of Jesus. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. Hey guys, a couple things before you go. One, if you are a first time guest, don't forget as you go out this door, take that connect card. Go to the VIP table. We want to put a gift in your hands. Also, the ushers are going to be at the door, so get those Connect cards filled out. Write Bridge Kids on the back. And, uh, and you know, if you see a neighbor who hadn't written Bridge Kids on the back of their card, just help them out. Write Bridge Kids on their card. Next week, we're going to be talking. We're going to be finishing up this series. I want to encourage you, come back, bring a friend. Be here next week as we finish up talking about Grateful, as we prepare our hearts and minds and stomachs. Thank you, Lord, for Thanksgiving, all right? Have a great week. Ownership, meet at the guest services desk. See you guys next time.